0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode number 13. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited that it's Thursday and we have a new Lively Show episode for you today. Today we're actually going to be talking with Clara Arschwager of ClaraPersis.com. Clara helps many brands at all levels, big and small, customize their digital content, media strategy, and their event planning. You can find out more about that in her blog at ClaraPersis.com. She does a lot of great recipes and lifestyle content as well. But in today's episode, we're not talking specifically about any of that. Today, we're actually talking about Claire's recent breakup. I asked Clara to be on the show and to share her story because as her friend, I've watched her go through this over the last few months, and I'm so inspired by her decision and the actions that she's taken as a result. This episode will be especially applicable for anyone going through relationship trouble, but it will also apply to people that are happily single or happily in a relationship as well. The issues we discuss will include anxiety, medication, and breakups. Claire and I are not experts in any of these areas. We're not trying to advocate for what you should do, but rather to share her story, her experience, and to hopefully help you access your own intuition so that you can find what's right for you. Today's episode, we're gonna talk about her decision to close her long-term relationship after six years, We're also going to talk about how her escalating anxiety became an indicator of deeper issues. And Clara's going to share what she recommends for those feeling anxiety, possibly even related to the relationship. Let's go to the show. Thank you so much for being on the show, Clara. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Okay, so let's get started. Tell us about your background and how you got to where you are.
1: Okay. So, I graduated in 2007. I went to college at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. And I just did a very, like, general liberal arts education. I loved college, but definitely fell into the camp of people that didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives post-college. So... My boyfriend already had a job in D.C., so we ended up moving there. Um, and I got there and pretty much just started searching for a position for the sake of having work. Uh, ended up at a healthcare consulting firm doing marketing. I mean, healthcare was definitely the farthest, sec- you know, farthest. I did not want to be in healthcare. Is <laughs> the is the long story short of it. But marketing and communications has always been just a natural fit for me, and it ended up being a great place to start. I just I worked on a really good team, and I worked with great people. I had a lot of ownership over my work. So for that sort of first job out of college experience, it was a great fit. Um, and the nice thing about the firm was that if you did well, you could get promoted pretty quickly. So within a year, um, I was bumped up, and the, the new position was, was great in terms of a resume builder. But uh, the downside was that I was now super in the weeds on the healthcare component of things. And it was no longer, I had to be passionate about that subject area in order to continue there and be successful. So I, you know, in total spent about a year and a half, two years there, and then decided to leave. And because I was doing something that was so felt so far from what I wanted long term in my career it just forced me to get pretty honest about that or at least about what I thought I wanted at the time and so I was like well I'm really you know I'm detail-oriented I'm a planner I'm into the whole food and lifestyle thing I'm going to become an event planner so I got a position as an event planner at another firm in DC and um Again, that was a good, you know, it was a great job to have. It certainly cut me my teeth in that industry. But the nice thing was that my role overlapped a lot with the marketing and communications departments there. I had some really good mentors in that department. And it just became kind of a trend that my skills, even though, you know, I was working in events, they swayed more towards the communications and marketing side of things. So, um, that was another, that was about a two and a half year stint. And then, um, that was 2011 when things started to wrap up. I knew my boyfriend and I were going to move back to New York. And so I was just holding out for a promotion there. We were preparing to move back in the summer of 2011 and to sort of, keep myself a little bit occupied I was becoming a little um, just wasn't inspired by my work I started a blog so that was in January of 2011 when things really got going with that and um, I focused the blog was solely a creative outlet for work so it wasn't anything I, I started it with no intentions of it ever becoming anything more than that it was simply I like to cook and I love to eat out so I was going to share that. And then in the summer of 2011, we so that's when we actually made the move to New York. And when I moved to New York, I just decided to start working for myself. You just decided. I wanted to take some time to sort of figure things out a bit. I had been in these two corporate jobs. I'd lasted in each about two two and a half years. Like it had been a total of about five years since I graduated, and. I don't want that to happen again. I basically, your 20s move so quickly and I just sort of felt myself inching closer to 30 and I didn't want to end up with another job where, I, I just lasted for another two years, and then I moved on to something else. I, I felt like it was time to sort of like take stock of what I really wanted to do. You know, during this time, I considered going back to business school I or going to business school. I went through that whole process of taking the GMAT. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I just sort of dabbled in a bunch of different things. I mean, that was kind of happening too. my last year of work. You know, I, I knew that I needed to to sort of figure things out on a deeper level and I just felt like this job thing was a cycle for me where I would go to these different jobs and sort of they would run their course and it just didn't feel like I didn't feel like I was going to land on a job where I would be there for 10 years it just I, I wasn't sure of that so I felt like I had to make a bigger change so yeah it was a mix of you know starting the blog I considered business school um I interviewed at different firms in, in New York thinking I wanted to be in a more creative environment for event planning, so I would work at some sort of agency, and I would still stay in that field, but have it would have more of a creative feel to it. But what ended up really happening was that when we moved, my previous employer asked me to consult for them remotely from New York, so they were still in D.C., um, but I was they asked me to consult and because I didn't really have any work at the time, I decided, yeah, sure. And the the great thing about consulting is that, you know, I was basically getting a full-time salary, but only providing work for them about 30 hours a week. So it freed up a lot of my time to explore other opportunities, interview for other positions and work on the blog. And it was really the working on the blog, which made it possible for me in the long run to work for myself because investing more time in that, was what allowed it to grow so two, I look at 2011 for the blog as really the seed year where I was constantly working to improve the content and network online um, and just really expand my reach and then 2012 I because of that I think was able to secure some pretty big press and that just was really the year that that uh, turned everything around and made the audience and the audience grew i like it tripled more than tripled in size and just grew really quickly within that year. I mean, it, it definitely took two years of like a lot of time to get it to where it is today and where and to have it in a place where it could serve as a marketing platform for my work. But I that's sort of how I see those two years. And then, yeah, through that process of consulting for them, you know, thinking about events as something to do to work for myself, but really coming back to that. Natural skill and passion for marketing and communications and, and PR falls into that too. Um, ended up um, pivoting and focusing my work solely on doing social and digital media marketing and branding. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was. It came about sort of organically from doing the blog and and networking with people in that way and having this personal experience of building a brand online. So. Yeah, sort of a, a little bit all over the place, but I think it's interesting to go back and look at those, um, look how everything, because everything definitely fits together and to see how it fits together and why, you know, why certain positions worked for you, why certain ones didn't and where it, you know, how it leads you to where you are today, because I think they're just key indicators in there that are very informative to helping figure out what you want to do with your life.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what's happened recently for you. Separate from entirely separate from my career. Yeah.
1: So um, you've
0: mentioned him already, actually,
1: a few <laughs> times throughout this story. Uh, I have. Yeah. So my my boyfriend and I got together at the end of college. So that was uh, it's 2007, the spring of 2007. And we stayed together through our time in D.C. and moving to New York and me starting my career on my own but our relationship did come to a close at the beginning of this year. So that was, you know, we'd been together for over six and a half years and it was definitely a relationship that we were both under the impression was going to lead to marriage uh, and felt like it should lead to marriage. Um, but it just, um, you know, through a variety of different things became clear that it wasn't the right fit. So even though I would say, I mean, I haven't, I haven't interviewed hundreds of people, but I, you know, this was such an amicable breakup. I mean, we are still on really good terms. We're, we're doing everything we can to maintain our friendship because we've realized that it's this friendship that really held us together and is so valuable. And we want, you know, it's, I mean, it's hard to maintain that, but it's, it was just, it was ended on very, very good terms. And so that being said, this is, it's a huge life transition to have something like that happen when you've been together for so long, your lives are intertwined in more ways than you even realize when you start to pull things apart so it's been a huge transition
0: yeah so we've talked about this before obviously they're not just on the show because I randomly wanted to talk to you about your breakup but we've had this conversation before yeah on our own one of the things I find so fascinating about your story is how you actually came to realize that this was the choice that needed to happen for you would you mind going into that
1: yeah absolutely so earlier in the fall so um It was probably around like October and November. I I was just having a lot of an, I was going through a really intense period of anxiety. And I'm a type, I have a type A personality. I am an anxious, like worrisome person by nature. So, so (laughs) feeling anxious about, you know, suffering from anxiety is not something that's new to me, but it was happening with work. It was pretty intense. You know, it would be something like I would get a mildly passive aggressive email, not even, I would totally inflate it in my mind, but from a client and I would, I would immediately just burst into tears and uh, fall apart and not be able, not, not in front of them, but you know, on my own, like not be able to sleep and just, it would just throw me completely off course. And, and so I was like, okay, you know, this is, uh, I love working for myself. I want to, I want to keep doing it, but this is not sustainable. I, I need to get some outside help and direction on this. So I went back into therapy and I started seeing a new therapist and I went solely for the purpose of I have work anxiety. I love what I do. I need to work to set up, you know, tools and develop skills for dealing with this so it's it's more manageable. So that was in late November and then, you know, it's the holidays and um I was seeing her in November and December but that time of year is just sort of scattered and and schedules are off and so it it takes a it, it takes some time to get into things when you go to therapy to to sort of you know actually start getting to the solutions and working through what the issues are so we were working on stuff but i i wasn't you know i didn't really feel like i had made much headway, but I thought, well, you know, I'm in it. It's fine. You know, I've been through this before. It just takes time. But then when I went back in January, just after the holidays had quieted down and, and I'd had a great holiday, my boyfriend had come home with me and, and we'd spent the holidays together for years and it'd been really wonderful. But I, um, I just, you know, I went back in January, I came into her office and I just was like, it, nothing, you know, nothing's getting better. And I feel like it's just getting worse. I'm, you know, I'm really not sleeping well, which is a huge, a huge indicator for me when I'm I'm just feeling extra anxious um, or struggling from anxiety. I my I would get into bed at night and my heart would race or I'd have like shortness of breath, and it just felt very physical like it was something i couldn't control and so in a way my life sort of felt like i couldn't control it and i think i kind of said that to her and she she was like okay you know we can keep doing our work but i think it's important for you to go s- and see a psychiatrist and see maybe if you should get on medication and medication i've never taken medication i totally support it it just is not something that has ever felt right for me so in a way her saying it was kind of you know, I sort of thought, I don't know if this is right for me, but still at the time I was more so like, right. Okay. Just next solution. Like that's what people do. This isn't working. Like you get on medication. So the next week I saw a psychiatrist and if for anyone who's ever been seeing someone, a therapist versus a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist is a very clinical experience. How so? Well, it, you know, I mean, they're both doctors in a certain sense, but this person's going to prescribe you a medication, which you're going to be on for at least six months, if not longer. I mean, that's something too, that you have to work into your system and find out if it's the right drug for you. So they have to ask you some pretty serious questions in order to determine what the right medication is going to be. And it's everything from, you know, how many times a day do you wash your hands to, are you having suicidal thoughts? And Those are very valid questions and they should be asked. (laughs) But they felt so wrong for me. I heard those things and I and it was just like red flag, like I am in the wrong place, that this is this doesn't feel right. I shouldn't I shouldn't be getting on medication. This it just didn't feel right. What did you do next? Well, I mean, I did that appointment, whatever. I answered all the questions and then...
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You didn't just leave. You're like, peace out.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, you pay for those sessions. So you might as well get every, (laughs) worth every dollar you spent. And I was also too, I mean, I think I was like crying throughout the entire session because I just felt so all over the place. So I don't, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of clear, you know, it's much easier to go back and look at what I was feeling or understand what I was feeling. It stirred something in me and I... Then saw my therapist two days later and it wasn't like I walked in and said, "I medication is not right for me. I simply walked in and sat down and it was almost like everything I was feeling about the relationship literally fell out of my mouth. It was something, it was like being pushed to the point with the psychiatrist where it felt like so wrong my my body was just sending me all these signals that it wasn't the right fit for me and knowing that if I went you know it was like I was going to go back and see her next week and she was going to prescribe a medication and I was going to go on that for six to 12 months and it was like a trigger almost just caused all these other feelings to 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 come out of me
0: did you plan on that did you know when you went into that follow-up appointment with your therapist that that would happen
1: uh you know I don't think so. I think if I did, I would remember that. It's hard to to think back. I've Ever since it's happened, the, the way I've described it has always been the words literally fell out of my mouth. And to me, that being my go-to description makes it just feel like it was this, you know, sort of subconscious reaction that I didn't even know it was going to happen because I'd been burying those feelings for so long. So I almost think, my body was in a way like shut down and, and sort of just like releasing this information and I wasn't really I wasn't really that present.
0: Yeah, it was like subconsciously there, but you weren't able to to see it until presented with another alternative to deal with the pain. Right. That what felt so wrong that it that it no longer could stay subconscious
1: anymore. Totally. Yeah. And I think too it was just a really eye opening experience to what our like what our bodies can physically tell us. I mean, the the anxiety was really a manifestation of all of these feelings that I had been burying. It was, I mean, sh- I get anxious about work, sure, and it was somewhat about that, but it was so much more about just all of these feelings, whether it related to work or the relationship or my life in general, I have a tendency to, to bury something, whether I feel like uh, it's not justified or... I, I don't want to be feeling it. And then it just, it literally manifested itself physically. I mean, to go back to the not being able to sleep and the heart racing and the shortness of breath. Um, that's what it was.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. So you go to this me- this therapist meeting, You what happens when you come out of that
1: meeting? Well, there was kind of a, when you tell someone else, it puts things in perspective. And it also is sort of like, you know, I mean, she basically, it wasn't like some earth shattering, you know, like, oh my gosh. And it, it was very, you know, she was like, okay, well, you know, you, you really need to get honest about some of these feelings. And I just, I knew that I needed to get honest. I wasn't, I didn't have the, it in me to, and nor did I want to be dishonest or hold them back anymore. So, so it wasn't like I walked right home and and did it. It was, it was, that was a Friday and it was over the weekend and over the weekend I, um, just told my boyfriend what, what had happened. And because we had been sort of going through a bit of a rough patch and just feeling kind of disconnected. And we thought the source was my work anxiety and I wasn't therapy. you know, there was, it wasn't like things were, it wasn't a particularly rough period, but we also knew we had some things to work through. So it wasn't like this bomb that dropped out of the sky. You know, we, we had been having frequent conversations about working through things or or what we were dealing with. So yeah when I shared what I was feeling, a lot of that was mutual. You know, I think we were both in the same boat, which is a blessing. I think it would be very hard to have the other person not feel any of that because, um, I don't, I mean, I don't even know, you know, so it wasn't this huge thing, but I also think it was like, once you put that on the table, there's no going back. And, and it's, I think that a lot of people bury it because they're fearful of putting on the on the table for for whatever reason you know because you can either work through those things or you can't and once they're out there you know but it's so much better for them to be out there I mean (laughs) the the opposite clearly wasn't working my body was literally like this is not this is not working we can't go on (laughs) after you shared
0: and honestly told them what was going on what happened to the anxiety and all of the symptoms
1: well I think I mean, then it it completely shifts because it was much less about me feeling anxious about work and more so, you know, two people coming together to determine whether or not this, you know, this relationship is the right fit for the long term. So, you know, we didn't decide right away that ending it was the right thing. I think it was, you go through periods of, well, should we go on a break or um, what's the right path? But I think still during that, my body was still kind of I don't know what the right term is, but it's, I still, I just felt this, I don't know, weighed down by a a lot of just tension. I was very um, like, had a lot of anger that felt, I didn't know where it was coming from. So I still felt kind of like balled up in a sense, like just sort of tense and stressed and unhappy, but not sure what direction to go in. I think when you're going through a a breakup and you're sort of making like each, you know, each decision point, especially if you live together or been together for a long time. It's, you know, it's not just about ending the relationship. It's about determining, okay, are you, are you is someone going to move out? Are you both going to move out? Um, how, the dividing of the things, like all that stuff. So it's up and down. So the anxiety was still present. There would be moments of relief in there where you're sort of like, oh, you know, it's right that we made this decision. But then there are also I mean there's every single emotion under the sun so there's moments of intense sadness uh, and fear so it wasn't as clear the relief of the anxiety wasn't as clear until really until March when I had moved out and I had found and I was living in a new place I had my own place to live it was actually my the day that I moved and you know, because <laughs> sounds so I mean sleep was is such an indicator of my my ability to sleep well is such an indicator of my mental health. And so the day that I moved, I was just thinking, oh, this week's gonna be rough because I'm sleeping in a new place. I'm sleeping on a new bed. Um, you know, I don't know, I'm in a new building. You don't know what the noises are. I would move to a completely different neighborhood. So you don't know what the noise is or just what it's gonna be like at night. And that first night after moving and I had, I mean, no furniture anywhere and my my stuff was everywhere. I don't even know what I ate for dinner. I slept like better than I had in months. Wow. Yeah. And so that was kind of an indicator that there was a lot of relief of anxiety there for sure. I would actually say that overall, yeah, overall, I feel, I feel much less anxious these days. I, that doesn't, Take away from any of—I mean, there's been, uh, you know, there's a lot of sadness that goes along with this. So that doesn't mean I'm, you know, floating on a cloud of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's definitely subsided.
0: So, what would you recommend for other people who might be considering something or feeling anxiety that might be related to their relationship?
1: Um, well, it's. I would say it's so personal because it's just dependent upon any situation. But I would say to work to be as honest with yourself as possible. You know, it can clearly be so easy to bury what you're truly feeling. And I think that that ability to bury those feelings comes from fear. So for me, and that fear can be so many different things. For me, that fear was that, um, you know, I was giving up something really wonderful and really right. And that all of the issues are. I was facing with the relationship were were me. They were problems with me. They weren't the relationship. Um, and so I really tried to bury all of that. And it, it feels so crazy to even say out loud, but it's really what I believed. And I, I think for other people, that fear definitely comes from not you know, the fear of not finding someone else or not being able to, you know, quote, unquote, stay on your timeline. You know, I'm 28. So I think a lot of people at this age feel like they, uh, you know, the thought of backtracking and rebuilding and they definitely have, you know, I I think every girl has a timeline. They definitely do. (laughs) If, if they say they don't, I think they're lying to you. So I, I had a timeline for sure, but it's, it's funny looking back. I think I was, I thought that that would be much more present in my mind as like a fear as we were going through the breakup that I was going to get off of this timeline, but it hasn't, I haven't thought about it at all. It's almost like this separate thing that I feel like I never, you know, I don't know. I mean, like you said, all girls have them, but maybe they relate to them in different ways. I just think the bigger thing is, is that, it's usually out of some sort of, I think, fear that can hold us back from being honest with ourselves and what makes it possible to bury those feelings. But what's to me so much scarier is the thought of staying in something simply out of fear of the unknown. Yeah, that's the scarier thing. It doesn't feel like that at the time, though. And
0: I think it's kind of like I always call the intuition, like that part of you, that body part of you that knew it wasn't right and was giving you these signs that something was wrong. Um, It's kind of like a well, and if we don't go access the well, yeah. we're not paying attention to it. Like I always say, the ego is in our head like a fire hydrant spewing this stuff at us constantly. But the well has wisdom we can access. It's peaceful. Even if we are there may be fear in our minds about it, there's peace in the intuition. But if we keep ignoring it, slowly that well will overflow. And it'll get to the point where that's more painful than the... well well I I mean people could continue it just depends on what your threshold for pain is I guess whether you had personally like taken medication instead of actually dealing with what was causing that for you but it's it's an interesting thing to think about our bodies having those signs for us to follow yeah
1: yeah totally I mean mine definitely overflowed (laughs) it you know so yeah I mean I for as far for as long as it took me to get there, I do think it's possible probably for people to push through and just get on the medication. And it's, it's been interesting, actually, in talking to people about, you know, you end up, I mean, I was with someone for six and a half years. So you have so many shared friends and, you know, they're so entrenched in your family. So it's a lot of people to sort through and tell. And a lot of people who thought we were going to get married. And numerous people have said, I'm, you know, I'm so proud of you guys for ending it. And I thought, I mean, why, I don't know. I just, why are you proud? Like to me, the, that just seems like what you do, this is life. Like if you, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the other thing too. It's like a 28 year old breaks up with her boyfriend, like not new news, you know, this is, this is par for the course. But I, what I've found is that it seems, and I've discovered, and I, I wasn't really in tune with this, is that a lot of people do stay out of fear. And then, you know, they end up either, you know, a few years down the road and in a, in a divorce or I don't know, things are that much harder or they just put up with it. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think too, the thing that this is also, I mean, when you go through something like this, it, it brings a lot of clarity around what you need in a relationship and what you need in a partner and everybody needs something else. So maybe, maybe what, what others perceive as fear or not the right fit is, is totally right for that person. But um, but I don't know. It's almost like you learned the lessons you needed with that person and that personality
0: type. And there may be different things you're looking for in your next relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've i gained so much from this relationship. And I think that that's true probably of any relationship. And so I'm really thankful for that period. There was so much good there. And I, I don't think it's, I think maybe maybe there's a fear people have of that by ending it, that everything it sort of washes away everything that was. I probably had some of that that feeling or that fear but i i think it gives you a way to sort of appreciate it embrace it um and you definitely i mean i'm such a different person from i mean we started when we were 21 and now i'm 28 we essentially grew up together so i've grown so much because of the relationship and learned so much and it's now you know whatever the next relationship is going to make certain things much easier for me because I have a greater understanding of them because I've, you know, lived with someone, I've shared a life with someone, I've gone through some really hard ups and downs with someone. Um, So it's all, it's all valuable.
0: Yeah. It doesn't invalidate your experience or your love for that person and the good things that came from it.
1: No, totally not. And I think the love for the other person, if you can get to, I mean, like I said, we're really working to um, maintain the relationship because we are such close friends and our relationship was founded on such a strong friendship. I think we've actually realized that we were meant to be best friends and not necessarily in a relationship, but that's, that's a whole other thing to work through. But yeah, to really, um, to value that because even though there are things that are a challenge and you're, Make it so that you're not the right fit for each other. There's a lot of good and a lot of things to really appreciate. So, I think holding on to that that love in a, a way of appreciation as much as possible is much healthier and talk about relieving anxiety than holding on to any sort of like anger or resentment. I mean, that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. But um, it's something I'm trying to do.
0: That's beautiful. How is this? You've kind of touched on it, but I just am curious, how has this breakup changed you as a person so far at the few months out that you've been on your own?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I think any major life change or transition, and this is certainly one of them, provides an incredible opportunity for self-growth and reflection. So I don't know if I've necessarily changed as a, as a per- person. I think it's just made me definitely deepen this period of self-discovery. Part of that, I think, has been really working to accept who I am and what I need as a person. The reason why I, I buried so many of those feelings I was having about the relationship was because I felt like this was a really good thing. This was a really, you know, and still is a wonderful person and that we were great together and that any reservations or issues I were having were, you know, problems with me, were not problems in the relationship. And really what I wasn't recognizing, and it's so, it's in a breakup, it's, you know, it's hard to not see things as solely positive versus negative. Um, the things that you need in a partner and in a relationship are simply the things, the things that you need. They're not inherently good or bad. But I I saw them that way as, you know, well, this this thing that I need because this person is a really wonderful person and we do have a lot of good in our relationship, then then what I need is not the right thing or it's it's not a good thing. I didn't justify it. So I've been working really hard to identify and accept what those things, what those things are. Um, I mean, it, it sounds so incredibly basic, but, but I think that's like one of the biggest changes that I've been going through.
0: So what have you done since then to help you grow in your self-discovery?
1: Um, well, I, I'm still in therapy. I mean, <laughs> I've been working actually to really just listen to, to my gut and operate from that place, which I know is a big thing that you that you talk about.
0: Ironically, I found it because of my own breakup um, years ago. Living with someone through a breakup was this horrible, well, it felt horrible at the time. It taught me so much about (laughs) my ego versus intuition and how I could feel totally different in my gut and in my head at the same time. So anyways, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm so big on it. It's actually, ironically, because of a breakup.
1: Yeah, it's these types of situations that really force you to look inward and see yourself in a new light. Yeah, so it, it totally makes sense, but I, um, you know, with whatever whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm really like working to operate from a place of you know what feels right for me, not what I think other people would think is right for me or what other people would want. Yeah, so that's been um, you know something. It's it it's vague and it's kind of subjective, but it's and it's hard to tie it back to tangible things. Actually, not I mean not necessarily because. I think one of the one of the hardest things about the breakup was because I work for myself, and you know, I I had started working for myself. I started my blog when I was dating this person, and he was such an emotional support system for me in venturing out on my own. And when you you know when you work for yourself, there's such an emotional component. I know you can understand this to, to what you do, and so not. Even though there was a lot of relief um, of anxiety and and a lot of the changes that I've made in my life uh, since ending, I mean not not huge, but you know just ending the relationship in general brought a lot of relief of anxiety. It also made it just blatantly clear how you know how emotionally um, dependent I I was on this other person, um, especially with with my work because he was you know so you know just constantly a support system for me and. It made it very, you know, February was a a rough, a rough month in that sense. I mean, I was lucky in that I've been doing this for a few years now and I've built up work for, you know, most of the year, you know, for the first few months to get myself started. So I'm not in that constant state of pitching new business, Um, but it really knocked the wind out of me on my, my career and made me question, you know, like, is this the right fit for me? Can I do this long term? And, and that's hard, too, because you don't, you know, you want to believe that you're an independent person and incapable of operating on your own, and, and I am, but it made my work hard. And so I had to go through that phase really operating from my gut and not operating from fear or, um, yeah, really not operating from fear to be able to move through that rough period and determine, like, almost like fall back in love with my work, actually.
0: Yeah, it really makes you question it and say, is this worth it (laughs) with all the pain and everything?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because you're not only, you know, it was like one emotional load to deal with the, you know, just the breakup and, you know, separating your lives. And then it was like I had no emotional bandwidth to deal with my work. You kind of lose that it's not a it's not about not being able to do the actual work it's sort of just the love and the passion and the drive to keep going and to i think well you know what I'm talking about that you sometimes the only thing that carries you through those times whether it's some rough patch in your personal life or whether you're just facing rough stuff in your professional life whether you've lost a client or you're feeling lost or unsure or you're i don't know something has changed with your business that it's your own personal um drive that just has to keep you going.
0: Yeah, for me, it's always the why. Why am I doing this? What is my intention? And like, what ultimately is my gut telling me to do? Because if your gut is telling you to do something, you're capable of going through it. And we're capable of doing hard things. And I don't think when we listen to our egos and our rationalizations that we're giving ourselves that benefit to say that we can do hard things. We can get through this. Totally. It's actually by doing that more often that we become more... Resilient and more able to recognize difficult things are possible to do.
1: Yeah, that's it's so true. I was actually um, I was listening to Grace Bonnie's podcast. Uh, Love it. I know you both. I know I love her podcast. After the Um, jump, she'll be in the show notes. Yeah, and she. um, I think I was listening to one. I think, I don't know, I think it was like one recent in the last few weeks where it was like 10 tips for business owners, but one of them was about, and it's interesting, I think she said going back to the well, and that for her was about like going back to why you fell in love with your work in the first place and why you, why you, the why, like why you do what you do in order to, you know, give yourself that boost of energy to keep going. But she also talked about, you know, said something like she thought one of the signs of a just one of the, something like the hallmark signs of a strong and balanced business owner was someone who was able to move through those periods and to, you know, handle the ups and downs and come out on the other side. And the more that you did that, the more it was a sign of this was the right direction for you.
0: You know, what's fascinating about that? It also would work for a relationship, but in both yeah. cases, right? So the more you can work through things that are difficult, relationships become tested and proven, but at the same time, both a career or a relationship may be need to end and either one it's about differentiating is this a hard patch or is this a sign that something else is necessary
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because especially yeah I mean especially with the relationship stuff for me I was you know I felt like all the hardships that we went through I just chalked it up to, you know, this is, this is normal. This is a long-term relationship. This is, these are the storms that you have to learn to weather. And I felt like with each one, we got stronger and stronger. I never saw it as a sign that, like, this maybe wasn't the right fit or it shouldn't be so hard right now. It's so, it's really hard to differentiate.
0: Well, that anxiety you were facing, I think that you got to a pretty serious level with what you were dealing with. And when the relief came was not by pushing through, but it was by listening to a warning sign.
1: Yeah, I think the same is true for your career. I'm, I feel very solid in what I do, but you know, there's been one point in maybe I think every year since I've started where I thought, you know, maybe I should, I should go back in house or I should get a full time job. And it's funny, I brought this up to a couple of like fellow entrepreneur or freelancers last week, and they were like, "Oh yeah, totally, that happens to me every year." And it's funny, I thought I was the only one that happened to. You. I'd like to get to a place where I don't go through it because it's usually fueled by self-doubt and fear but um i go through it and i come out on the other side and i fall in love with my work again and and why i do what i do so not that that's a good or a bad thing but it's kind of like you get to a certain level but then you come out on the other side either to continue or to make a change and i guess that's like with the relationship with the anxiety that i was experiencing you know just sort of organically things fall into place or your your body leads you or your gut leads you there
0: so what doubts or resistance have you had to face in your career or your life? Obviously, you've <laughs> talked about several of them, I think, already, but <laughs> feel free to pull from any other experiences.
1: You know, it's. I was thinking about this question because I, I've listened to all the podcasts and heard other people speak, and I was like, what can I say that's not that the answer isn't me because i feel like everyone says i'm the biggest resistance to <laughs> myself but i just feel like it's like a big capital m capital e it, it totally is anytime i think that i'm not capable of doing something or i'm afraid to do something or i i just think that i'm it's not possible it's it's usually i'm the person standing in the way
0: what's the thought so yes you're right everybody has it it's our own egos that are stopping (laughs) us. that's why i actually asked the question what i find fascinating is what is the doubt saying to you right what is the ego saying to you specifically that kind of tormented you because i think that's what gives people a lot of connection is to realize that the words and the phrases and the fears themselves and when you put them into words are similar things we've all shared before in our own lives
1: yeah, for sure. So it's probably a mix of I'm not smart enough or skilled enough to, you know, do this project or get this client or, you know, oh, a lot of it comes back to that imposter syndrome. And I think that this women get this a lot where women feel like they're a sham and someone's going to find them out that that they're not really capable of what they're doing. So a lot of it is, is housed in that.
0: How do you get over it?
1: Um, I have some, you know, really good mentors that I talked to about this stuff, but I also think it's, and through them, and I found a consistent answer that most people in the world, regardless of whether they work for themselves or they work for a company or they're 20 years deep into their career or they're two years deep, you know, are in certain circumstances, just figuring things out as they go along. And I also think there's a, a lot of beauty in that because if you weren't, then you would never be growing and, and working to get better and refine your skills and be, and become more knowledgeable and, in, in you know, whatever your, whatever your professional area is. So I, I'm mean, one of the things that I struggle a lot with and that this could have just been the corporate jobs that I was in. Well, I don't know if this is necessarily just those jobs. I mean, largely part of the reason they weren't the right fit, but reaching, a point where you're like, where you feel like this has run its course, and you're not really challenged anymore. That definitely happened for me in my second corporate job, where I didn't feel challenged anymore. And one of the things I love about working for myself is that I'm constantly challenged. I'm constantly being pushed to learn new things and to grow professionally. I mean, I feel like I've grown so much in the last two and a half, three years since I've been doing this than I did in, you know, the first, whatever, four years after college or however long it was. So I think that yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I get beyond it. But I also think it's, it's empowering to recognize, you know, it's sort of like that. Well, if it's meant to be hard, if it wasn't hard, then you wouldn't be growing, you wouldn't be learning. But I think it's empowering to recognize that.
0: That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So what would you recommend for someone who's just starting out on this journey?
1: Yeah, so I can answer, I I thought I'd answer it from two places, both from the career and then also from the relationship standpoint. From career, I think an important thing to recognize is that there's there's never a perfect moment. I, you probably experienced this too, Jess, where when you work for yourself or you do your own thing, you're you tend to be a dumping ground for people who want they want to tell you um, what they would do if they worked for themselves and why they're not doing it right now. And it's a lot of like ifs and when's and buts and and why it's not working and. There is no perfect formula and there's no perfect – there's no perfect formula to entry is what I would say. It's never going to be perfectly easy. It's it's never going to be risk-free. There's always going to be sacrifice in some sense. And so I would say to find – even if you're starting in the smallest way, even if you work full-time and you're dedicated 30 minutes a week to something that you're passionate about or something that will lead you in the direction of a career or a professional life that's that's something that you actually want – then you have, you have to start there. So I think that's one of the things that in the beginning, I felt like everyone's got this, you know, they had this perfect place where they were going to start and and they knew exactly what they were doing. And I just couldn't be farther from the truth. So I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that where it's like, you just have to start and that's, it's not going to feel, uh, you're never going to reach a point where it doesn't feel hard or scary. And then from a breakup perspective, I would say, one of the things that, and it's it's going to sound so basic, but I'd rec- really recommend is allowing yourself to feel everything that you're feeling, and by that I mean, well, I guess I can just sort of explain what I went through. But in the beginning, because I was, you know, 28 and I had had this great relationship, and it's sort of par for the course at this point in your life, I kept telling myself that you know this is fine, it's fine. This is just part of life. I can deal with this, you know, just get through it, move on, hold it together. And I would see people, and I mean, it happened repeatedly where people would be like, Why are you okay? Like, it was almost like I was. (laughs) Wait, they'd ask you that? (laughs) Well, it was just like I was too okay. And I, and I know why they would ask that because, you know, I can have a tendency to sort of put up a wall and I don't want to burden people with my feelings. Or if it's like, you know, a a professional environment, I don't, I don't want to reveal that information. And I felt like by saying I was okay, then it would make me okay. And that if I really felt all of the hardship and fear and, uh, and sadness that I was holding inside of me, that I would fall into some sort of abyss of emotion (laughs) and never be able to pull myself out. (laughs)
0: It would consume you, but it was consuming you anyways through anxiety instead. I know. Isn't that fascinating? It still was there.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, those habits die hard. That's for sure. But so I, I think I did that for like the first four to six weeks. And then, I don't know, something happened. I don't know when it was, but it was like some um, random day during the week and I had just had a meeting and I was walking back to my apartment. It was like two o'clock on a Thursday and I had this really intense heaviness in my chest and I just felt sad and down and lonely and I just allowed myself to like crawl into bed and cry for 20 minutes and when you do something like that, there's such a clarity that comes afterwards because you can't cry forever and or, I mean, I thought that that would happen to me but it, it was almost like okay, like, did that, done, like, let's move on, you know, and you, I mean, I'm still here, I'm still alive, I felt a lot better, and it's kind of like balancing the emotion with, you know, healthy, like rationale. So you can, you know, you can, you're feeling those emotions, but then you're also like, okay, like, let me pick myself up. And that's when you, you know, either like call a friend or you, you know, go out and meet someone or you go exercise or you get back to work or I don't know, you clean your apartment, you, whatever it is, or you just put Beyonce on because that's like <laughs> the be all end all solution. <laughs> but yeah, so I, it and it's actually made me feel much, much better just to sort of, accept what those feelings are and and let them in and just be what they be what they are and then move on.
0: That's beautiful, Clara. Thank you. That was really that was a really great answer to that question. <laughs> thank oh, you. Glad. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And there you have it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Clara, for being on the show. If you would like to thank Clara for being on the show, please go over to Twitter and send her a message at Clara Persis. P-E-R-S-I-S. Thanks so much. And again, as always, if you have been enjoying the podcast and you want to help me spread the word, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps the podcast get seen by more people and I totally appreciate and read each and every one. Thank you so much and have a great week.